Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Yes, let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Welcome back, everyone, to a new year here on Let Me Introduce You, your film and friends podcast, where three dear friends from college, you know, who've been friends forever, have a lot in common, accept their taste in movies, introduce one another to their favorites. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Graham, and I'm here with Ashley. Hey, y'all. And Katie. Hello. <gasps> y'all, I haven't seen your faces in so long. It's so great to see you. It's good to see you guys, too. Y'all How... just keep getting better and better looking, so Very well true. done. Good okay, job. Okay, so I am actually using this new face scrub from Kiehl's, and mm. I'm obsessed with it. I'm doing it every night, and I think it's making me look younger. Can you confirm? Yes, confirmed. Yes, and it actually, is very like um, yes. Death Becomes Her, but like before See. they, you know. I'm getting up really close to the Zoom. No, See? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, there's no wrinkles. There's no like crow's feet. There's nothing around the mouth. None of the 11 lines. You're perfect. Yeah, I know. I still have not done Botox. I'm still not off the table. <laughs> oh, it's considering like fully it. on the table for me. I throw my brow really? too much from work. I got to get these babies taken mm. care of. Do you guys know, so my parents own a dental practice. Do you know they offer Botox as well? So you can so go and get your- So trip to Katie's parents. <laughs> I know, I was like, trip to Jersey? They've, Everybody go to New Jersey. Uh, they're taking care of my wanna, teeth, so. I don't know if I want to go to Jersey, Katie. But we can drink some water and some coffee. Like, coffee. Well, Ashley, you're looking <laughs> positively radiant with, with your light on your face right now. Thank you. It's the, it's the light that I bought. It's not a ring light, but it's- Close enough. It's soothing. So, yeah. And Katie, you look fine. Ew. <laughs> Katie looks lovely as always. What the hell? I just great. gave you lots of cotton. Whatever. Like, I believe that. Now, whatever. <laughs> Graham's just um, jealous. I am Anyways. constantly jealous of Katie. Um, this is the friends part of the this podcast. This is the friends part. So, y'all, I mean, so we we haven't been on in, in over a month. So, we've, you know, at the end of the year, you know, lots of stuff coming out that, that, you know, is is heavy on the, the year-end best lists and what have you. Is there anything that's, like, you've been really loving that you've recently watched or read or listened to in the past month to catch us up? This is not new, uh, but it's new it's to new me. new to you. It's new to me, and that's good enough. A Instagram acquaintance, an Instagram friend, oh. posted about the book series A Discovery of Witches, which mm. I read probably like 10 years ago. It's like the All Souls trilogy by Deborah Harkness. And she mentioned that season one was available for free on Amazon Prime. So I started watching that on Friday, and now I'm into season two, um, oh. which you can find on Shudder. And I like stuff about magic. It's about witches and vampires and demons. And it's mostly based in England. But it's oh. not super scary, but it's like Good. fun. And it's a little bit sexy. And you know what? It's just some fun escapism. And I'm really enjoying it. Oh, my God. I love that. That sounds good. It's like, it's, I think it's shot well, but it's not like high art, you know. But I'm enjoying it. And that's what awesome. I mean. Oh, I'm, you've piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Katie? So, you know, I like Ashley, I, I'm, and, and I think I'm worse than both of you. I'm very bad with consuming new media. Uh, I have been going to see some movies. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend two things. One is probably most people are going to be like, this is not for me. But I've been watching the Beatles documentary, Get Back, on Apple. Or no, it's on Disney. I'm sorry. Uh, and 
for anyone who's not watched it, it's just like a documentary recording session of the Beatles' last live show. And uh, it's extremely long. Like each, there's like three episodes and each of them is like three or four hours. I like the Beatles very, very much. Uh, I'm not like a crazy fan or anything, but I like them. And so watching this documentary and you actually get to see them one of the coolest part is it's like seeing them create these songs that you know every single word of and that the entire planet knows and they're all like like George is like 24 or 25 mm, and this George. is like at the end of their end of their run pretty much and then like seeing like Yoko Ono sit next to John Lennon the entire recording session right next to him and then seeing how like the interactions are with everybody and they're just like a group of weirdos and who are just extremely brilliant. It's it's really been fun to watch. And Peter Jackson did it, right? Peter Jackson, yes. Mm, you know, I'm gonna make a confession. I've never been into them. That's okay. I, I yeah. think that's a lot of people. It's like it's like with Bob Dylan too. I'm like, okay, this is for not me. I don't like. I mean, Bob it's Dylan. it's good music. I don't I actually don't like Bob Dylan at all. I don't. Either. Um, but don't tell but my I, older I, brother I don't like Bob Dylan either, and he loves. Well, Bob Dylan. now, well, now he knows. Now he knows. But he's not going to listen to this. <laughs> the other thing I was going to recommend that I'm sure uh, is a lot easier and more accessible to people is uh, Licorice Pizza. Did either of you see it? I did. I saw it. No. I liked it very much. It's it's not my usual type of movie. It's a little more pretentious than I tend to go. But um, I thought the soundtrack was fun. And I liked the, the actors and the, you know, I liked the L.A. setting. I thought it was really good. So those are my recommendations. Yeah, I saw a shit ton of movies in the past month. So I, I saw Licorice Pizza. I saw, which I thought was good. There was definitely some aspects of it that I was really bothered with. Um, yeah. And we can talk, We could, you know, the whole, like, really racist <laughs> Japanese accent work in the yes. movie with John Michael Higgins. Could have done without that. Um, but I saw West Side Story, which I told you all separately, made me sob uncontrollably <laughs> in the theater because I loved it so much. Ariana DeBose, better win the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. She's a gem. I also saw Tick, Tick, Boom. Andrew Garfield, please, he needs to win for as well. That that movie, you all know that I don't love Rent that much. Yeah. But this was a very, very well done musical. Um, even though Lynn Memo or Amanda bothers me, uh, I think he's annoying. Um, he did was directed it very well. Hmm. And Katie, you and I saw we separately saw Scream, the new Scream, yes. which I was really into. I thought it was super fun. <laughs> oh, we haven't even talked about it yet. Yes, we saw. I saw the new Scream too. So by the time uh, this comes out, like people would have seen it. So yeah, I, I thought it was just like sheer fun. I loved being seeing it in theaters with people and everyone like reacting to what's happening on on screen. Um, what did you think, Katie? I. So I like some of the kills. I thought they were extremely inventive. They were more gory. They were heavy on the effects. Um, what I would say is it's exactly what you have come to expect from a Scream sequel. So mm. it is no more, no less. Uh, it is, of course, not as good as the original, but that's kind of the joke that they make. And, you know, it's, it's hard to make a meta movie remake about meta movies. Mm-hmm. So, like... They, you know, doing any Scream sequels is a lot. Uh, I think they did the best that they could. I I guess the antagonists very quickly. So that was kind of I guess one of them very quickly. 
I will say the weak part of the movie is the lead actress. She yes, is she sucks. Great, Mm-mm. but the rest of the cast is great. Love seeing Neve Campbell on stage, on on stage, on screen. Katie, when Heather Matarazzo showed up, I literally yelped in the I theater. I know, I was so excited <laughs> to see her. But the fact that she plays like some eighteen-year-old student kid's mom, I'm like, oh god, we. I are, know. We are getting up there. Um, it was very it, like if you watch Riverdale, how all the parents are like all the the teen actors that we grew up with. It felt very much like that. Yeah. There is one film I want to recommend that could be a hard sell to a lot of people, uh, but it is it is getting a lot of awards attention, and I think it's slowly becoming more well known. And that is um, Ryusuke Hamaguchi's Drive My Car. Uh, has anyone heard of this? No. So it let me. So it's a three-hour movie about grief <laughs> in Japan. I'm, yeah, I'm out. And uh, it was probably the movie that has stayed with me most since I've watched it and I I think it's my pick for best of 2021 so if you it's still playing in theaters but if anyone if you got time and don't let the three hours deter you it is a beautiful beautiful film so drive my car please everyone go see it I think it's probably it could I mean hopefully it gets nominated for best picture I think it actually may actually in contention, but definitely international feature. But yeah, there's just been a lot of lot of stuff in the past month that we've not had the opportunity to talk about. So let's transition. Yes, to, to other other greatness. Other our new theme, new year, new theme, same season. And y'all, we had uh, listeners. We we met a couple weeks ago to come up with new themes, and we don't really know how to. Um, label this one for the next couple of weeks and we it's just basically movies that we are completely obsessed with that we can't believe the other two have never seen and uh what is the name of our theme again um it's excuse me what yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) what excuse me what What? you've not seen this what (laughs) so I guess we wanted to to talk about like our some of our like ultimate ultimate favorite films of all time, not just because not just like our our cult films that we love or any of that nature, but just like really like really well done uh, movies that, that are close to us. So uh, my pick was one of my top films of all time, probably like top three for me, and that is Working Girl with the. Radiant Michelle Fe- Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh my god! Whoa. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's try that again, and we'll cut that so, out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not but, cutting it out. No, you are. Well, she did leave John Henson in when she made it <laughs> last year. I just, I'm just always thinking about Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, we should do one fine date sometime. Um, with the radiant. Um, oh my god! What is wrong with me today? <laughs> Melanie you, Griffith. Have you seen this movie before, Graham? Is it really your favorite? I, when I tell you that I'm rusty. <laughs> What if I'm like Radiant Harrison Ford? Uh, yes, that's fine. Please, Radiant Harrison Ford uh, works. Delicious Sigourney Weaver, and of course Melanie Griffith, and the also the incredible Joan Cusack. Uh, so this yes. released in 1988, written by Kevin Wade, directed by uh, Mike Nichols. It came out on my birthday in 1988. Did it really? I was five. Look at that. And it made. A little over four million its opening weekend on its way to sixty three point eight million. So an eighty eight dollars. That's 
really impressive. It's amazing. And opened the same weekend as a sequel to one of our earlier episodes. Can we guess? Wait, you said 1980? 1988. 1988. And it was a sequel? Fingernails. Hellraiser 2? Yes. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking it about? It opened the same weekend as Hellraiser 2. Yes. Man, talk about, talk about two a Christmas film. Different movies. Wow. Um, this film was nominated for five Academy Awards Best Picture, Best Director, Best what? Actress, Best Supporting Actress for both Joan Cusack and Sigourney Weaver. And its sole win came from one of my favorite songs of all time, Let the River Run by Carly Simon. That song is amazing, and I sing it in the shower all the time. I may play it at my wedding. Don't tell Brandon. Be a <laughs> um, it actually was a. Carly Simon won not only the Academy Award, but also the Golden Globe and the Grammy for that song. Wow. It is just wonderful, and I can't wait to talk about it. I'm a little nervous to talk about it, to hear what you all think, but to get us started, uh, we are going to do the quick summary, and I believe Ashley is our, uh, our, our lady today who's going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you prepared? Um, oh, God. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, the movie takes place in New York City, in the late 80s, uh, our protagonist is Tess McGill, uh, played by the lovely Melanie Griffith with Michelle ex- Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> um, with her like amazing feathered 80s wild hair. Um, we need to talk about all we the hair. We need to talk about that, yes. The, yes. We I will talk about the hair and makeup. So she is from Staten Island. Um, she's working in trading of some sort she's a secretary but she's trying to work her way up going to night school but she's not getting the entrance uh that she wants she's was told that like oh this person will help you find a job but it's really just kevin spacey high on coke who puts on porn in front of her and she comes back the next day and you know like the scrolling thing that has all the stock things basically says that her boss is um a pimp with a tiny dick so she gets placed in a, a new section of the company. It's her last chance. Um, and she's working underneath Sigourney Weaver. Um, Catherine Parker. Yes. <laughs> Catherine Parker, played by Sigourney Weaver. Um, and Catherine, you think at first, like, you know, Tess is like, oh, my gosh, I'm working for a woman. This is going to be totally different. Right. Um, and Catherine's like, we're a team. Come to me with your ideas. Um but we quickly find out that like she's actually just a backstabbing bitch, right? And so Tess goes away. She's like, I'm going to get proposed to by my man. I'm going on a ski vacation. Um, she breaks her leg and she's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So I'm sorry, Catherine breaks her leg. Mm-hmm. So Catherine's like, hey, go do all the stuff in my house. Um, and so Tess is taking care of things, sending her stuff, finds out that Tess had proposed that this company should buy into radio, even though they were talking about getting into TV and had this great idea. And her bitch of a boss was going behind her back and saying, don't go through Tess. She was totally going to cut her out. So Tess decides to, while Catherine is away, just accept all of these invitations and try to make this whole thing happen with this guy, Jack Trainer, that her boss had emailed. Um, and so... 
she goes to this like networking event and Harrison Ford comes up and it's very sexy, you know, lots of flirting. Um, and Tess had had a Xanax and some tequila and she wakes up the next morning in her underwear in bed with Harrison Ford and sneaks out so terrified, um, getting ready for her meeting with Jack Trainer. She walks in and who is Jack Trainer but Harrison Ford? tension, anger, sparks fly, all the things. So Tess is kind of flying by the seat of her pants. Jack is fully on board with this plan. They're trying to make it happen. Tess is trying to keep things hidden from her boss, Catherine. Catherine is suddenly like, oh, I'm going to come home early. Just like, oh shit, we're so close to closing. And there's a scene in the apartment where Tess comes to bring back medicine and Harrison Ford is there because Harrison Ford is actually the guy that Catherine is seeing who she thought was going to propose. <gasps> oh no. And there's like ships in the night. And then Catherine forgets her date book and she's going to the main meeting with Trask who they're trying to sell things to. And Catherine shows up and tries to ruin everything like the bitch that she is. So Tess, just being so sweet, leaves, you know, has to pack up all of her stuff. And as she's leaving, Trask is coming in. Sigourney Weaver's being a fucking bitch again. And... Trask is, um, they're trying to say like, no, it was really Tess's idea and Sigourney's trying to fight it back or whatever. And they convince Harrison Ford and Tess convince Trask to get in the elevator and she explains how she knows all of it. And then Sigourney Weaver gets caught and her ass gets fired and Tess gets successful and she and Harrison Ford are in love and they move in together and Tess gets a job with Trask, not as a secretary, but as an actual traitor. And it just ends on a really sweet note. Yes. Ashley. Wow. That was I'm very impressed. well prepared. That was, you said, okay. Was that right. like Did word you, for word the IMDb d- summary <laughs> or? It is, not, I looked at it, but then I just. <laughs> so I if you're new to our show, Ashley I'm so proud. to riff a lot mm-hmm. and usually needs a little bit of help during. <laughs> during, during my recaps, during my summary. not this time. I mean, new perfect. year, new Ashley. I love mm-hmm. it. Thank love you it. so much. Um, well, before I kind of go into, do you want me to start with like why I love this movie so much? Yes, or? because okay. so listeners, uh, this movie is one of, one of our our white whales for this podcast. One of the reasons we started the podcast because uh, it was always a huge point of contention that Graham, we knew Graham loved this movie, and Ashley and I had never seen it before, um, but we wanted to give it its due. So yes, Graham, I would love to know. Yeah. why you love this movie so much so this movie came very like I mean, maybe in i started watching it in high school so it's been part of my life for 20 25 years um and for me it's one of my ultimate comfort films i think it is just a easy breezy tight screenplay um it's well acted. I think the uh, character of Tess McGill is just someone that you truly root for. And Melanie Griffith is so, in my opinion, wonderful in this movie. Um, I think Sigourney Weaver is just this great villainess as well. I love how Harrison Ford is just treated in this film as just like an object to ogle um, by every single woman <laughs> it was in the so film. Good. Yes. Um, also, I like Mike Nichols is one of my top directors of all time. I think he he does he has such a beauty beautiful way of, of including incorporating details, small details into the story, um, that I think really elevate it. And again, the screenplay is just so 
so wonderful. There's so many incredibly quotable lines that just pop in my head constantly. You know, I've got a head, I, got, I have a head for business, but a bod for sin. Um, I know, that was oh my God, I'm gonna get you line. anything, coffee, tea, me. Uh, <laughs> I am not a steak, you cannot order me. Um, but also, I think back to Tess is that what's so great about her is her resilience and that she's being constantly told like no and barriers are put in her way and she is just like absolutely not like I will do what I need to do to get ahead in this cutthroat world Um, it does give a rosy picture of 80s business world which at the time that's kind of what the world's perception of was about Wall Street and how everything was like, oh God, everybody wants to end up on Wall Street. I do want to talk about the last shot later on and why I think that's really significant. But before we get into that, I'd love to hear your opinions. And just know that, it's like, listeners, the reason we waited so long to do this is I almost don't want to hear their opinions of it. <laughs> it is something I'm so protective of. I have the poster in my hallway, along with Big Business and True Beverly Hills. So... <laughs> I think those three films like really summarize my my film pastiche, if you will. Um, Wait, are we gonna yeah. do big business? Because I don't think I've ever seen big business. Oh either. my god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen that either. Oh, oh, oh How are we even allowed to be friends with it's you? It's part of the. It's a working girl and big business and nine to five. They're all part of this like '80s genre of women in business. Which I just, for some reason, really gravitate towards. Um, so, absolutely big business. We need to do a whole, like, Bette Midler theme. Like, oh, yeah. There's tons that we can do. So, um, who wants to go first? Scared. It's fine if you don't like it. Just, no, 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 no. I'll go first. Gonna, okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I'll go first. I did enjoy it. I don't want you to think I didn't like it. I thought it was charming. I always like, you know, movies around this time period. I like seeing the style. I like seeing, you know, how, you know, I love 9 to 5. So I'm like, I like seeing what it's like, you know, being a woman in the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was fun. Um, I did think it was a little long. Um, I, mean, I know Grandma. It was not sorry. long enough. I would have, I would have. I felt like it was a little long. I thought it. There were a lot of moments that were like super adorable, though. Like that, yeah, that moment where um, Harrison Ford is changing out of his shirt and all the female secretaries are ogling him. I was like laughing uh, on my couch. I thought like, that cheer was cheer him on. And that's yes. like Mike Nichols being like, this is for the ladies. Yeah, well, I, I, it's it's one of those things where you're like, obviously Harrison Ford is, you know, a snack. And uh, they call it out in the entire movie. And I was like, that's fantastic. Um, I do have some some complaints. That's fine. But I mean, it's, thing, not a, it's not a perfect film. No, no, like, no. Yeah. Um, the, the funny thing is, so, like, when I watch movies, and I'm sure a lot of people do this, uh, they identify either their own personal experiences or, like, whatever with, with the characters on, on the film. And as someone who, you know, worked in the city as, a, as an assistant for many years, I was the person who, you know, was getting coffee, was going to the, the boss's house to, like, you know... Oh, my God water plants was this even though that's art gallery yeah oh yeah my god. i yeah. completely forgot about that yeah game. so i oh worked, my god i worked at an art gallery for a few years and the art gallery uh did business with the met and uh we did business with lehman brothers and uh bernie madoff and this was in 2008 Oof. so um it was an interesting time but a lot of it reminded me because i used to do the same and i'm sure like millions of women at that time you know 
would keep their high heels at the office and walk in in their sneakers like I did that too mainly because I knew I was like oh I can do that because working girl said I could mm-hmm. even though I never seen it before mm-hmm. um so I identified with it a lot and like seeing the Staten Island Ferry I have a sp- spot in my heart for the Staten Island Ferry you do I do why so you guys know my friend Ricky met my friend Ricky yeah I remember you talking about Ricky yeah, he and I, we used to work together in comics, um, and he, uh, every year on his birthday, we would ride the Staten Island Ferry, and we would ride it back, because it's free, to ride it back and forth, and we would just get a lot of drinks, because you can get a drink in New York, and then you drink your drink on the ride to Staten Island, you get another drink in Staten Island, you drink it on the way back. Oh so God. we would just ride it back and forth. That's and, the, so you know, funny. you got to, like, see this amazing view of, like, Statue of Liberty and everything. It was fantastic. So um, it gave me a lot of nostalgia that way in, like, that time of, of my life in New York. Um, my main issues with it were... I love Joan Cusack so much, and she is such a shitty friend in this movie. <laughs> And that really okay. bothers me. Okay, yeah, say more, say more. Uh, because, like, first of all, she's trying to, to help Melanie Griffith. She's trying to help Tess. But not only does she try to get her to go back with Alec Baldwin, her shitty-ass ex-boyfriend. Who, who cheated guys, on her, which I totally forgot to mention. Yeah, yeah, but he did look really good in this movie. Uh, Yes, he did. Yeah, but he that's really no did. reason that they should get back together. Oh, and no. And Joan Cusack, like, pushing her and almost, like, gaslighting her into thinking like you are the crazy one because you're not even giving your cheating ex-boyfriend a chance to explain i'm like girl can you just back off um but i mean i love i love her so it's hard to dislike her that much yeah can i yeah. can i say though is and i, I agree it's like rewatching like why is she wanting her to be go back with this shitty guy yeah it's almost and and it's because well because sin her character is sin is going to stay in this world of Staten yeah. Island. Mm-hmm. And her friend is is doing what's separate from everyone else. Mm-hmm. So she can't understand what what this pathway that Tess is doing. So it's almost like that is... Well, of course you're supposed to be with your cheat. This is like a, kind of what we do in our community, like mm-hmm. in our group of friends. Whereas Tess is like, oh, I've seen it. I've seen it better. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that that kind of bothered me. Uh, but otherwise, like I thought it was real fun, except Tessa's first day in her new office, in her new job. She's she's worked so hard to get where she is, and her first task at her new job, where she's got to be super professional, is to make a personal phone call. Not good. Why is that a problem? Because you're not supposed to make personal phone calls on work time. You're supposed to work. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, capitalism. Okay. <laughs> I would have gotten in so much trouble if I was on the phone, like, for personal crap, if that was, like, my first day at the office. Girl, she was in her own office her own with the office. door closed. Doesn't matter. Okay, I, that is, I'm going to throw, I reject <laughs> that I reject your criticism. Yeah, hard to no, I just, I just said that's it to get, to get a rise out of grace. <laughs> No, you're like, this is going to be a really good point. And we're like, no. No, no I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I love okay. I love the fashion. I love the style. I love Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. Okay, Ashley? So I was really nervous going into this movie because you had talked about it so much, right? And we had built it up. And I was like, oh, my God, what is my reaction going to be? You know, I like Mike Nichols. Like, you know, he did the birdcage, right? 
did a few other things that I haven't seen, but I'm like, I have heard about them, like postcards from the edge. I'm like, oh, I should I hear about it, you know? And I like started out, the music started out and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of gritty. And then it just like immediately went lighter and I was like, okay, yeah. all right, we're seeing this. Um, and I had to remind myself that like, I am so used to like the fast, fast, fast pace of everything. And I know you guys have like right, rightly mocked me about when I'm like, oh, it was slow. Like it was a little slower than I thought. See? Yep. Yeah. But you Makes know me what? feel not crazy. No, because I'm so used to like cut, cut, cut. And like I've started watching more TikTok and it's just like, it's so many cuts, Oh my God. Right? It's, it's such a trap. It's too intense. I'm um, like, what, this TikTok is a minute? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and so I'm watching it. I'm going through and... By the end, I was like, I really like this. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, Ashley, your texts last night were really stressing me the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, they were. I was, I was like, going to have, like, I was going to have, like, things to, like, fight with you about. <laughs> I really wanted to build the tension for you. Yeah. Um, no, it was, I really enjoyed it. Like, as I was going through, I was kind of like, okay, what's happening? And there were a few things, like, I didn't guess that Jack Trainer was the woman that Catherine, or the man that Catherine mm. was seeing until like a few minutes before it was revealed. And I was like, oh fuck, come on, Ashley. Like I you mean, should know that. On, like that is so odd, like duh. Yeah. But also a sign of me like being wrapped up into what the storyline mm -hmm. is, right? I think what I really enjoyed throughout all of it is that Melanie Griffith's character, and this is something that Harrison Ford points out in an objectification way. She is still vulnerable and soft and gentle throughout the whole film and still gets to be successful right mm. there was that you know harrison ford was talking about like you don't look like like you're dressed like a woman you're not dressed like a woman who thinks what a man would dress like as a woman right and her voice was just softer than everyone else's you know and her mannerisms and the way that she went about things and she didn't have to change that in order to be successful she didn't compromise who she inherently was in order to get Good point. her exactly. to That's achieve her dreams. Right. Good point. Good point. She yeah. earns it for being herself. Exactly. You know? And I, and I think that is so, so beautiful. Like, yeah, she does lie, you know, and say whatever to get entrance, but it is mm -hmm. so true. Like, you know, at one point she says like, she says something to the effect of, you know, you have to lie to get in and you can't get in unless you lie, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, something, something like that, where it's like, yeah, it really is about who, you know, and that's true yeah. of so many industries and even her, you know, it was easier. It was harder for her at the time, you know, in the eighties for women to be successful, but also like much easier as her being a white woman, right. And mm -hmm. a conventionally yep. attractive woman, but there still were so many of those barriers and Sigourney Weaver, there's such that contrast between, you know, she still looked really beautiful, but she had money and it was, she was sharp and cruel and all of those other things. And so yeah. I really appreciated that message of you can still be successful and you need to bend the rules, but you don't have to completely violate who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think also that contrast with sin thinking like, well, you're just going to change so much and do whatever. And it's like her goals and what she wants are the same. And yeah, her aesthetic changes, but who she is in, in her core is mm -hmm. still going to be the same. And she understands that, 
you know, she took those speech classes because she has to code switch, you know, in order to get entrance, they're not going to, at the time, they were going to hire somebody from Staten Island yeah. with a thick accent, right? And is it shitty? Yeah. yeah. But she's also saying, these are my goals. And when I get in, then she can still be. Mm-hmm. So. I love, yeah, I love when she's becoming Tess, the boss, mm-hmm. while Catherine is, is indisposed. And she's calling as Staten Island Tess with yeah. the accent to be like, I've got, you know, I've got Tess, you know, I've got, uh, you know, Tess McGill on the line for you. And then she switches to that, like, very delightful, soft voice of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think she is so wonderful in this movie. And what's very interesting about the production of it was she was partying every single night oh, wow. that she was making this movie to the point that she missed a day of scheduling. And what happened, she, she had a cocaine and an alcohol addiction because, you know, it was 1988, you know. Sure. Who, who didn't? So Mike Nichols pulled her aside one day. He's like, look, what you're going to do is you're going to pay. You're going to take 80 grand from your salary to pay for what you did yesterday because we all missed a day of work. And I'm not going to tell the studio, but you need to shape up. And she said that that, like, was the thing that made her not only, like, right the ship during mm-hmm. the rest of production, but then she went to rehab oh, right wow. after she finished oh, wow. production of this movie. Um, but just knowing that that was happening, like, while the film was ma- being made is just, like... And that's, like, the, the pull that he had on his actors as a director um, mm-hmm. is is that he really wanted to connect with them and, and make sure that he was looking after them. Like, he could have gone to the studio and say, she's fucking up, mm-hmm. let's fire her. But, you know, this was also, like, produced and filmed, like from January to, like, April and released in December. So this was a quick Whoa. turnaround. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a really quick turnaround. So he's like, we, we got to make Oscar season, all right? Like, <laughs> 20th Century Fox is like, we got something here that we can really get out there. Um, but, yeah, her performance, I just love it so much. I really, I sometimes think about her career and what, with any, like, women in Hollywood, especially in the 90s, especially during, you know, Weinstein age, like, what could have happened with her? Yeah. Because she she didn't have a lot of hits after this. And it's crazy because she's so good in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, you know, but it's just a couple of wrong turns and, you know, you don't get a lot of chances the way that, you know, men in the industry do. Mm-hmm. Um, what is she doing now? You know, I was trying to... F- I don't know if she's doing anything... Let's see... Living her best life with Antonio Banderas? No, they're divorced. Oh, shit. She was last in The High Note, which was um, a movie that came out with Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross. Isn't that her daughter, daughter right? Yes! Yeah, <laughs> with Don Johnson. Yeah, yeah, with Don Johnson. Um, but, she, you know, I just, I just want her to get her due. I just love her so much. She was in The Disaster mm-hmm. Artist a couple years ago. Do you remember that? Movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. She had I a great remember. part in that. Um, but I hate that a lot of what is said about her today is based on how she looks because mm-hmm. there's been yeah. some unfortunate plastic surgery, but like F you people, like she's, she's a huge talent. So yeah, she did lose the Oscar to Jodie Foster this year, that year for the accused, but she was also up against, um, 
Glenn Close for Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, my oh wow. And Sigourney Weaver for Gorillas in the Mist. So Sigourney Weaver was nominated for two different awards at that ceremony. Get I it, greatly Sigourney enjoyed Weaver. Sigourney Weaver in this movie because I liked a lot of her messaging. Like, you know, and it's, first of all, it's insanely hard to find a mentor when you're working in any industry. Um, and so I was like, I was with Tess. I was like so hopeful that I'm like, oh man, there's finally a mentor here. And someone that like, yeah, I liked her teaching. I liked what, you know, quoting Coco Chanel about uh, what you wear and how that creates a perception. And, um, you know, I, I liked what she had to say. And I was like, I knew that the turn was coming and I was so bummed when I was like, oh man, that sucks. Yeah, there's one line of hers at that that luncheon where um, Tess suggests they have dim sum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tess is, like, sweating, and she's like, can you help me? And she goes, oh, honey, you can't bother the quarterback with giving out the Gatorade. Yeah. Ooh, great line, great Mm -hmm. line. But also tells you that, like, you're you're literally not on my level. Like, you need to, like, Mm -hmm. go away. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you, you you get it as 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 you see them interact more. Yeah. It's just I, I was so hopeful from their first meeting, yes. and I was so hopeful that I'm like, oh, how cool would it be if like you're in the '80s and you are like, this very strong, intelligent woman who's created a space for herself, and not only did you do that, but you had your entire office is also women because it's all female secretaries under under Sigourney Weaver. And I'm like, that would be really cool if not only are you doing your job and doing a good job at it, but then you're like, it's almost like you've got like a breeding ground for like future strong women. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's such a missed opportunity that you squandered and were selfish. But, but that sets it up at the end with Tess, though. Yeah. The way she treats. But before we get to that, I, I'm just realizing uh, the, the Devil Wars product stole the idea of when... Catherine walks into the office like the whole office is like chit-chatting everyone's having a good time mm-hmm. and then it's like the door the elevator rings and she comes out and everyone's like very quiet and going back to work and yeah. um that kind of tells you already like hmm, I know. who is this person yeah yeah I do think um I do want to talk about Harrison Ford a little bit more who doesn't he is a he's so sexy in this movie uh-huh yeah he Agreed. looks good he is so sexy and I think it is just like this is a compliment, but it's like an effortless performance. He's mm-hmm. just exuding absolute charm. And again, going back to what I said earlier, I love how every single woman is just staring him up and down and eating him up. He's a complete object of affection. Because I didn't really feel like women. Here's to hear. Were there shots from your perspective of women being ogled beyond beyond the Kevin Spacey part in the beginning? I mean. Test vacuuming topless was a little like that felt super gratuitous. I did write that down. That was weird. Um, the only time I felt like that was when Harrison Ford noticed her at like the networking event, but I still felt like he wasn't over the top like Kevin mm. Spacey was, right? Yeah. I like that he his character, you they brought him to the line of smartness so many times and gave him that opportunity to like be a complete dickhead and that they almost used it as a point to prove that he wasn't. So I really appreciated yeah. that. When, when she's like, I was at your house and I was in my underwear and he said, I bet you looked great. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did not look at you. Yeah. So he's a gentleman. And I also like the little detail at the end where she's going to her first day at the office and she's clearly like the, the, she got the job so quickly that she doesn't have 
business clothes yet, so she's clearly wearing his jacket. And she's rolled up the sleeves. And it's just this, like, really adorable detail about where their relationship is going. Um, I, I liked him packing her lunch. I thought that yeah, was adorable. Yeah, it was adorable. so cute. Oh, my God, like, that oh, was so adorable. That, that little, like, again, those, like, little human human scenes that Mike Nichols puts into his films that could have been, like, edited out from another director. But he's like, this is really important to show the buildup of their relationship and, and what their true connection is. So, again, love Mike Nichols. Um, but again, back to his shirtless scene. Hello. <laughs> that was one of the things that made me gay when I was younger. <laughs> I was like, why am I rewinding this so much? So I'm watching it, right? And they say the I love you. And sometimes I have a hard time determining, like, the passage of time. But I was like, well, Catherine said she's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And this happened within within a couple of weeks. And so I'm thinking my God, they really got to that quick. And then I go, yes, says the girl who in the first month of dating Bob was already thinking about what our wedding would be like. You know, like <laughs> when you know, you know, you, you know, when you've had enough experience, it's there. But yeah, that was so cute. And I think it showed the the depth of care, right? It wasn't just that Harrison Ford thought, oh my God, this woman, I just want to have sex with her, right? You know, or she is objectified. Like he... He showed the next morning, like, I, maybe I peaked, but there's nothing else. And really does respect and appreciate, like, her business sense and mm-hmm. her mind and just all of her. I, I do want to talk about the scene where they crash the wedding. Yeah. yeah. First of all, that wedding looked bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys, did you spot Ricky Lake? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I literally wrote, I saw it and I go, oh, my God, Ricky Lake. Like, writing it in my notes. Yes. There were so many people who I was like... Oh my gosh, I know you, right? I know, I love Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt, Nora Dunn. um, Olivia Dukakis? Caroline Aaron was one of the secretaries at the end. Is that who played Roz? No. No. No, who? From Frasier? Yeah. No, No, it's not Roz, but are you talking about the the blonde woman? Like, that's the one. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I was like, who is that? Who is in Crimes and Misdemeanors, where her character has someone poop on her poop on her um <laughs> I, I hate woody allen but i love that movie that wedding scene is so fun because they're just like maneuvering around harrison ford has a great comedic moment with a cocktail in his hand oh my oh. god i love that scene you once posted that on facebook and then tagged us in it yeah and, like we hadn't seen yeah. it i was like oh my god it's oh, yeah. the scene it's the yeah. thing listen i know you're both wedding planning right now but uh if neither of you use that theme or drink i'm gonna be very disappointed <laughs> i'm not gonna I'm i don't not. think we're gonna do that <laughs> yeah I, you think kitty we can do it on my bachelorette weekend well, no, or, or graham's weekend i'll make yes. i'll make some cocktails i'll make the um, i'll make the cocktails i do love the end scene a lot um in the original script she was going to have a male be her secretary mm. but they changed it to show how she treats another woman and it's just like one of my favorite like under misunderstandings in a movie at the very end where she thinks that she's this woman's secretary and she's like, no, I'm your secretary. And that call back to ordering coffee, she's like, I only want you to get coffee if you want some. Versus Catherine being like, get me a coffee right now. Um, <laughs> but I do think the last shot is very telling for me. I don't necessarily think it's like a happy ending. I mean, yes, she's achieved her goals. But if you think about the beginning, she's coming over from Staten Island. She's one of like thousands that are coming over. She's just like another cog in a machine. 
and at the very end where you get to the shot of her outside of her office and the camera pans back and she's yet again another just one of many um it just kind of was just a very interesting way to end the film i thought where you mean like career and life is meaningless and you're gonna die anyway and part of some cog of, or machine kind of like you're still part of just like this big corporation <laughs> Right? Like, you're just making people money. I mean, granted, it's like, a, you know, you've achieved your goals. But I, I don't always read it as, like, yay. I'm like, oh, really interesting that he ended it with that particular shot. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever had, you know, Graham, I don't know what your office looked like back when we had offices or, or Ashley, what your office looked like. But I remember... You know, working in the city and, you know, going from working in a bullpen to, like, a smaller shared office to that moment that I finally got my window office. Yeah. I got, I had it for, like, six months. But I still had it. You know, going from that moment where you get, you get your own private office with a door, with a window in New York City. Like, it, it feels like this momentous occasion for you, even though it's one window of millions and millions and it's one office and you're not the boss, but it, I understood her feeling mm. of like, I did it. I did it. So you were much more hopeful reading than I have. I was. I mean, like, because it's only the next step. She's still got yeah. lots of other steps to go. Yeah. Um, and then she dies, but you know. I mean, well, <laughs> not in a movie. Not in the movie. <laughs> Did you, you thought it was interesting that all the businessmen were like, oh, these nice guys, all these like... Oh, the the guy from uh, My Bosco. Best Friend's Wedding? Yeah, and yeah. First Wives Club. Yeah. And the other guy who's like a Texan with like a big, big mustache. And everyone, all the guys in, in Jack Trainer, they're all these nice guys. And then you got Catherine, who's just like this witch. <laughs> so, another interesting... Well, yeah, I like the, the path that, you know, the path that Catherine... You know, because at some point she must have been a secretary, and so she wanted to get ahead. And so the path that I don't she, think she was I don't think she was. I think she I was too rich. So. Yeah. Oh right, because she went to what Wesley or she's like Wellesley, and she's like, I can't believe it's been eight years since we've left Wellesley. Right, right. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I lied. Yeah, I don't. I interpret the ending differently. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is something that has come up for me a lot in life, and I see it as. Yes, she is just one of millions. But I always think about how everyone else has such rich lives, even if they're complete strangers to us, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so I can pass somebody on the street, but their life has just as much going on, if not more than my own, right? Like they have their own rich, like inner world and connections and all of this. And like that has always really fascinated me just about human beings. And Mm. so I see it more as, yes, you're zooming out and you're seeing that she is one of many, but think of all of the other different types of stories of the other people. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you weren't in my student film in, in senior year of college, but I think Graham was the one with the hands on the subway. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Because my idea, thank you. My idea was very similar to that. Uh, it, because you know, it was people, they're riding the T and there's a bunch of people and you know, you're slammed in with a million people and it was all the hands on the T and Mm. then it focuses on where each hand just was. And you know, one was like murdering their partner. That was me. I was murdering you, Katie. Ah! 
Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, someone was like an artist, so their hand looked really gross, but uh, they were like helping. So I don't remember the exact yeah. Yeah, This is like tw- 20 years ago. Did you on that? I bet you did. Yes, I, I think I did. Yeah, we know what you got. I earned that A. <laughs> <laughs> I earned, I got the A first. Thank you. I got yeah. an A minus in that class. I should have done more. <laughs> Read between the lines. <laughs> oh, my God. Katie worked. We all worked our tookuses off yeah. in film school. Yeah. Well, I was a bit lazy. But, you know, I had mono senior year, so. I love that class, Katie, because you and I were, like, the seniors. Everybody else was juniors, and they were taking it so seriously. We're like, we're going to have fun. And our professor was like, you guys made some fun movies. Thank you. Yes, we did. (laughs) For not being pretentious assholes. No. Uh, Well, I am so delighted that this went well. With with working girl, Uh, I was nervous, but you know, I think I think we got a hit with both of you. Enjoyed enjoyed it. Also, I have a question. Yeah. And of course, none of us can really answer this because we don't know for sure. Did women really wear their hair like that, or was that like a Staten Island? Oh my god, we didn't talk about the hair. Oh yeah, so much. So I'm like, I want to talk about the hair and the makeup because the hair and the makeup. First of all, the eyeshadow is backwards. Like Ashley, did you notice like the dark part is on the inside crease, and then the light part is outside? It bothered the crap out of me. I mean, that's also what people did, and it's not a good look. Mm -mm. It's I, I like literally said I was like that '80s hair and makeup, that cat eye on Joan. It is so over the top. Oh my god! I just so over the top. I mean, I think that's another reason Joan Cusack got nominated. She's just acting with that hair and that makeup. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also, what I like about her nomination is that that's such a good supporting actor actress nomination. Like. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just you come in, you kill it in, like, 10, 10 minutes of screen time, and then you leave. Um, I can't believe it didn't get nominated for Best Makeup and Hair. Bombed. Super but it, bombed. But, but, but Beetlejuice did win that year. Oh, right, oh, yeah. oh. And it was against Coming to America and Scrooged. Three, two other <gasps> incredible makeup yeah. films. Yeah, Scrooge, I love those Scrooge. movies. <sighs> Me too. But, yeah, it at least did win an Oscar. Um, and I hope you guys like that song, because I... Love I did. It. I've heard that song before, so. Yeah. I was going to begin the episode singing it, but I didn't want to, you know, turn people off. <laughs> if I had if I had the time, I was going to try to do my hair that way, but I I didn't have enough time to both watch oh the God, movie and died. do my hair. I would have died. I know. I wanted to. I did it. Yeah. I did, you know, time that we grew up, uh, my aunt, uh, both my mom and my aunt used to braid, French braid my hair, one French braid down the center, and I had bangs because, of course, uh, everyone did. And yep. and she would tease them up really, really big. So really yeah. big tease bangs, French braid. I fit in. It sounds like we have an activity for your bachelorette party, Ashley. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, let's do yes. some wild We're going to do working girl pastiche. <laughs> I like it. I have a lot of makeup I don't use anymore in some very bright colors. Remember in college, I used to wear that like pink eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pretend like it's still good. Uh, and we can just do some really, really wild makeup. That is the bummer of the pandemic is that I have been wearing so much less makeup and it can be really fun. So Love it. maybe that'll be my next pandemic activity after I finish all of the wedding crafts. Yeah. Would you watch this again? Yes. We should all watch it together. We yes. really should. But while with with feathered hair. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so delighted. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the first of our, excuse me, what? 
Excuse me, what? Excuse me, what? So, uh, uh, I believe, Katie. It's me. The next episode. I sure am. Of weeks. Can you give us a preview? Yes, I can. So, uh, when I think about, you know, most of my movies, they're either like obvious reasons you haven't seen them. It's either because, you know, they're horror or because it was like a science fiction movie or a deep cut somewhere. This is one I cannot believe. And it's Ashley, right? Ashley, you haven't seen this? Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Okay. So, we are going to watch. Another Oscar winner. A Nin- big one. Yeah. A huge, huge yeah. Oscar winner. 1984's Amadeus, Ugh. which I grew up watching. I love everything about it. I love all the actors. I love the makeup. I love the story. I love the music. All of it. I probably watched it way too young, but I'm yeah. so excited for you to see it, Ashley. I think you're going to like it. I it really is do. More, Ashley, it is more entertaining than it has every right, any right to be. Like, yes. Okay. I'm surprised. Oh. How, okay. It's just, it's just, I remember... I was like, oh, God, Amadeus. And then watching it like, this rules. Mm-hmm. So now are we watching the yes. theatrical cut or the director cut? Oh, I was going to do theatrical, but okay, it's... Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Oh. Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. What if we were like, Ashley, it's a three-hour movie about the making of that particular song from the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, so I'm going to be on my phone a lot. No, Ashley, you can't. You don't want to miss... It's just one An of the most instant. beautiful movies. It's yeah. a beautiful yeah. movie. So. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I did watch something recently that had me not look at my phone for a solid hour. So hey. it was What's amazing. It? Oh my gosh, that should be the media that I introduced you to. Okay, so I have lost any joy that comes with cooking. It just, it is not fun to me. I will cook stuff, but then I'm exhausted and I don't want to eat it. So I'm like, Bleh. I've turned into my mother basically. And so I was watching Great British Bake Off or Great British Baking Show, whatever the name is. Um, and I was ro- and I was also reading this romance novel by Olivia Dade. Oh my God. Quick, easy, fluffy. There's always a fat female protagonist. Go read Olivia Dade's romance novels. Um, but one of them talks about like the Nadia season. I was like, oh, she has her own show. So I started watching Nadia's Time to Eat on Netflix. And it's oh. all about like time-saving hacks to make really delicious food. Legitimately, each episode is, you know, a little less than 30 minutes. I watched the first two episodes, did not look at my phone once. I was thralled. And then I immediately went and started making one of the meals because we had most oh, of the things. These very cool. Egg roll-ups, essentially. Yum. Um, Love it. So good. And then she has a baking one. Oh my gosh. No, she is great. She is Will great. I still enjoy it if I've never watched the Great British Bake Off? Oh, yeah. You don't okay. need any context. Yeah. All right. Katie, I'm always... what? I I like cooking. I like watching cooking shows. Um, I just have never seen it. All right. Well. That's all right. That's good. It's you have fun. 14 seasons to watch when you get into it. <laughs> Great. Awesome. You just got to figure out where to find them because on Netflix, like, they don't have the earlier seasons. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, thank you all so much for the great conversation about this movie. Uh, I'm probably going to go watch it again. <laughs> um, but we'll see you all in a couple of weeks with Amadeus. Yeah. See you in yes. two weeks. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 Thank you.
Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.